Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there. The Rewatchingtons, bomb in its full Ooh. and unadulterated cut, early drops of Cinephobe episodes, and so much more. You said the OG pod. Now, is it new or is it old? Mace, I'm glad you asked that. It is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old OG pod. Oh. So it's me, Zach, Trey, Waz, Tom. I love those guys. Just like we always were. Going back to the True Hoop days, mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic, recapturing it, and putting it back out. We're talking hoops. We're talking pop culture. And most importantly, we're talking for 40 minutes for free. Mm-hmm. But then another specific Patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes. Funny enough about that OG pod, you're getting Tom and Trey on Mondays. You're getting me and Waz, aka Zosny, on Wednesdays. Amin's floating in between. I'm a floater. You never know when you're going to get Amin in those, so you got to listen to them all. And what if I'm not sure what Maze looks like? Because I've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora. He's got a weird voice. How can I see for myself what this Maze character actually looks like? It's crazy you don't know the answer to this. Hmm. because it's the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. What? The CT5s on the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. You can look at all of us. You can get all the OG pods on YouTube too at CountTheDings1 on YouTube, at Cinephobe Pod on YouTube, patreon.com slash CountTheDings gets you everything all in one feed. You can link it to your Spotify. And now enjoy the show. Your knives. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Haverstrow. And this is Mina Kimes, ESPN's Mina Kimes, senior writer at ESPN the Magazine, NFL Insider, many, many things. This is long overdue. Mina lives like right over there in Los Feliz and is a top chef fanatic, has seen every season. Mina, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I love this podcast. Uh, we, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. We have a lot to talk about. This was a particularly, I feel like there are different kinds of good Top Chef episodes. There's the ones with interpersonal just tension and atmosphere. This one was like by all and large, like there nobody was fighting in the kitchen over space. Nobody was like hiding supplies from anybody else. It was just a good old fashioned late in the season, everybody cooking on their game. And it was really tense. Kevin, this was the Cleveland Cavaliers meeting the Warriors last year in the playoffs where they're both on a win streak and they were just like everyone was excited about the the collection of talent. Everyone was hitting a great high note pun intended and they just they performed really well and as one of those elimination challenges not to not to put the horse before the carriage if if i use that analogy correct but i think you did they um it was really hard to watch people who were probably deserving of winning any other elimination challenge be voted out that's what i love about this season because i agree with your warriors Cavs analogy but there really is no warriors of contestants. There's so much parody in the final five, and I love that. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea who was going to win, and, and that's exciting and fun. And you had no idea who was going to lose because the person you thought was going to lose yes. actually didn't lose, and it was... 
And I was feeling the same way. It was like, wow, Mina called it pretty early on in the in the episode. Wow, Carrie's going home. Uh, where do we want to start? I feel like we need to kind of reintroduce the last chance kitchen winner. The fact that there we 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 were sold on this as being the final four, and actually is a final five. Yeah. So um, spoiler alert: We've been told I, somebody on Twitter got really angry that like we're not giving spoiler alerts. What kind of are you listening to this dude, before but, you watch the episode, dude? He was he was upset about the title of the podcast, which was "Return of the Risotto Curse." Okay. That doesn't reveal and it, it actually did reveal for me. I had that experience. Yeah, I saw it. Well, so it didn't I, say who that, was getting voted no, 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 no. I know, but I saw the title of the podcast before I watched the show because it was on delay or whatever. And so when I was watching it, I was waiting for a... Right. So in other words, another, you like, saw the title, you didn't I, listen I didn't to it, listen and then you it. went and watched, yes. and you knew that the person who would yes. be I, cooking I, risotto would be out. I wasn't angry because I think being angry about spoilers in 2018 is kind of lame, okay. but I, it did happen to me. So Joe Flam's back, which is good for me, Tom, because uh, if for listeners who are just kind of tuning in for the first time, we drafted fantasy teams. Yep. And while I had a very strong early season lead, I lost seven weeks. I lost my seven remaining contestants in successive weeks to the point where I started this week with zero contestants. All my players were gone. <laughs> yeah, and uh, through those double doors from the old country western tavern, the saloon, the saloon, saloon. saloon. Uh, he, Joe Flam, kind of, you kind of see his thighs. Like it was like, those are Flam thighs, not, He's not a very large man. thighs. Mm. And he came through and I was upset because you know what? You might have the top chef. I, I don't know. Joe Flam is back. Joe Flam is back. That's all that matters. I have a, I have representation on the show. Yeah. Mm. Congratulations. You're still getting your ass beat though. On the show. Have you guys thought about introducing a season to season tanking component where, your lack of success could pay off next season, perhaps? Right. So, so wait, wait, does the lo- wait, 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 this is a good question. Does the loser get the top pick next no, year? No, no. <laughs> well, how... You're right, because I don't even believe in drafts, right? I want to abolish the immediate yeah, draft. You, no. I'm the guy who wants one to be abolished in the immediate draft Mina, for si- labor rights. Mina, reasons. since you're here, let me run through the draft that we did. Okay. okay. So you've been watching every Top Chef since season one. Yes. When you're watching the first episode and you have to do a draft after the first episode, how much do you weigh what you saw in the first episode versus the bio coming in and like what you know about the chef? Interesting. Much more bio and what you know about the chef and the edit. Do they get a lot of FaceTime? How are they presented? So FaceTime Those is good. Things. Yeah, FaceTime is good, I think. Right. The kind of FaceTime. I mean, we watch the show. We know. You can kind of tell who's going to be competitive early on. So Tyler was our my number one pick. I had the number one I pick. I totally was with you on Tyler. Yeah. I was shocked. Shocked. I had Fatima, which yes. I know you're, you're, you're Love her. another fan. And then who was uh, I had? Your number one pick was two, David Fu. I was two. I was oh. all into it. Sort of, I, cause here's mm. what I thought. He had a great if dish, you have a pop-up corn. restaurant, yeah. you're good at like quick, like pop-up restaurants by very definitions are kind of top chef. I mean, it's, re- it's a restaurant war. It's a quick fire. It yeah. is a yeah. top chef challenge, right? I mean, you can pop up chef. And and as you said, he won the quick fire on the first episode, right? With the corn uh, yeah, it salad, incredible, right? That corn salad. I will say one thing I've noticed this season is there's not a lot of Asian flavors compared to I, some, some we, prior Actually, we talked about that. And, I, yeah. and then I'm kind of, that's, that's where I live. Yeah. Uh, we're going to Shibumi after this. Yes. We're going to Shibumi. I've never been. I'm so excited to take you. But let's let's go back to the show because I mean this is a great episode. So he comes back. Let's just run through the quick fire really quick. Yeah. Yes. Um kind of interesting. They drafted <laughs> they drafted ingredients. Everyone got a protein and then everyone got like some other stuff. And then Joe Flam walks in the door and they entitle him to take something from everything. He's the expansion <laughs> draft. He's the expansion draft. He just yeah. Yeah. takes something from all, but no one gets to protect him. See, anything. isn't that an advantage though? It's like, a he huge gets- advantage. So for, for fucking up a couple weeks ago, he gets to get all the good shit. But 
And here's the twist. The quick fire proved one of my theories, which is deprivation is a winner. The, le the more constraints chefs have, the better they do. This is a Gail Simmons theory. It is a Kevin Arnovitz theory. So they take, he takes the pork. So basically all the chefs each have a protein, either a ribeye or a pork or a fish or a chicken. Joe comes in and says, I will take the pork from Carrie, leaving her with honey, yeah. lemons, and onions. So I'm going to pause you there. I'm going to pause, pause, you, there. There. pause you there. Mina, if you were Joe Flame walking through those double doors, Joe, uh, you Mina know, Kimes is not walking through those doors. Mina Kimes walking through those doors like it's Westworld, whatever it is. You're in the saloon. I love and oh, I love it too. I love oh, it too. I'm so excited. Oh, it's, yeah. I'm so excited. They said show. it was April. Well, it's we all amazing. Westworld fans? Yes. I, yes. Look, we're, the, we're the three. So pack your knives, show. Westworld edition. Okay, so. I would love that. So um, he walks in and he does, he, he gets the steal from everyone's uh, palate, right? Do you steal for yourself or are you taking away things that right. you know is their powerhouse? Because when he stole the carrot from Joe Sasto, that was to me him being like, fuck you, you're not going to do any carrots here because I know that's your favorite thing in the world mm -hmm. and I'm going to steal that. Not because I want to no. cook with carrots. I just want to eliminate your four I, I think you play to your strengths. You draft the best yeah. player available for you. I was surprised. I didn't quite understand. Um, you know, Carrie worked with bread and she made her fancy toast part Another 20. Toast? I didn't think that bread was a staple that they had access to. Interesting. Um, it's like this extra pantry, right? Yeah, and usually like when there's a, when there's a deprivation challenge, you get herbs, you get flour. I, I, I was surprised when she broke out the bread. I couldn't help but wonder if that was worked in given the restrictions she had to work with. It's like, it's like there's a... There's a when you do the the D League ex expansion draft, right. you just yes. have like an access to a bunch of rotation players that you can pick anything. She picked bread with the with the top of the French onion soup, which and, and, uh, which solicited the comment I think from one of the Joes like she's going to win with another fucking tartine. Sasto, um, yeah, and well, likely we, suspects mm -hmm. on so, that so, so, so Carrie does shit on bread and and wins the whole challenge. I mean, let's just get to because we want to get to the to the elimination challenge. Uh, basically, it does the top of the onion. So, I mean, you got to give her credit. First of all, I mean, for as much shit as she's taken for the toast, like, she didn't really have much of a choice. I mean, she was deprived of a protein. Goes with the top of the French onion soup, kind of that gooey, lovely, oniony, cheesy, um, and then kind of melts it on a toast. And She is a quick-fire powerhouse. She, she beats yeah. Adrian's sarsaparilla chicken with tomato compote. She beats Chris's potato-crusted fried chicken fried steak. Uh, Joe Sasso gets a lot of high marks for his halibut crudo with sa sarsaparilla. So, oh, by the way, the challenge is you have to incorporate sarsaparilla. Um, the contestants who incorporated it well and highlighted it were praised. Those who didn't were panned. Um, he, he, she be he beats Joe's por pork porterhouse with pickled carrots. All the ingredients that he stole and cabbage from other people. He dried out his pork porterhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was one other contestant I forget. Um, Adrian? No, I talk about Adrian in touch Anyway, the point is, is that she wins for fan, essentially for fancy toast. Yeah, and there's uh, Mina was talking about it before we watched the episode. Is just like Joe has a way of being patronizing Sasto in a sense of like praising Carrie for how good she is, but in a way like a backhanded compliment. Well, I was saying I liked her, and and I was rooting for. I like them all, which is unusual. Yeah, for this this season, I find them all pretty likable. But I was saying the the reason I was rooting for Carrie was that she was presented from the beginning as sort of the mom, yeah, like a mom. And, and typically yes, on this that. show, moms run catering companies or they work at smaller restaurants, or they, and they're certainly not James Beard award winning chefs, and they're kind of patronized. So 
the fact that she's kind of been surprising everyone and crushing them, and, and I mean Sasto in particular, patronizer. I think everybody kind of does historically on the show has been quite delightful to me. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the fact that she's been this dark horse candidate. Um, do I think she's going to win? Probably not, but I like her. I'm rooting for her. Yeah, I, I like Carrie too. And she's uh, she's right now at the top of the leaderboard on the point system that we have. Really? Yeah, she is. She not, is. not as a spoiler for what happened in the elimination challenge, but she is. She and uh, Joe Sasto are juggernauts this season. Well, she wins a lot of quick fires, right? How many quick fires she yeah. Oh, she's won a whole bunch. I don't have access to your Wi-Fi, Kevin. We're not at that point in our friendship yet. I, I guess. can give you the password. I can't give it to you. Don't on do air. it on air. I'm just saying I don't have it on my laptop. Maybe on my the phone. The hills of Echo Park and just wants to mooch, like okay, <laughs> driving up here parking on the hill um, i could probably pull it up but i don't ask it. me you didn't ask me for my i'm you know what like it's bashful? on my phone and it, the phone is the mic now so i'm sorry and just you know i hate asking people for the wi-fi Why? password when i come to their house because i feel like it's it's like i'm gonna be on my phone yeah you know yeah. it's like such a weird passive aggressive move it's like hey mind. do you have a uh febreze in your bathroom no, what do I have? I have a little. You know, I have those sticks. Someone it's gave like I'm me. I'm walking in and the diffusers. I have those diffuser sticks. Someone gave me that as a housewarming gift. I don't know if they're working. Um, can I ask you a question, guys? How is it we're in Colorado and they've not done any marijuana themed? Yeah. How do you not feed like a nation? Like, you know, we've gathered eleven stoners for after a, I don't know a, a Lebowski. And they fest, did a right? Hangover episode, so it's right. not like they're right. afraid of that. It's legal. It's Bravo too. It's not like. How do you not do a pot like baking challenge quick fire? It's probably like, Bravo's very countercultural. It's very gay. It's very yeah. It's kind of it's it's a little the, lascivious. Uh, it, Joe Sasto made a joke about smoking a lot of weed at some point. All of yeah, and Chris times. can't drink alcohol, and they're making him do that on the episode. So I, like, I just cannot believe they didn't do any marijuana brownie challenges. First of all, that would have been like a huge like. I mean, they I just or some sort of baking challenge with that, or incorporate weed into a dish. How do you not? How do you leave Bravo? How do you leave money on the table there? That's a great episode. People yeah. love that. It's a great way to kind of get into a new Which audience. Which of the chef or the judges do you think smokes the most weed? I bet Padma's a yeah, hundred percent. totally. Yeah, good. See, I don't think Gail has even touched this stuff. Really. I think they've all, I mean, you know. They're like, chefs. Let me think. Yeah. She's, I chefs. just feel like she's, I mean, she was an angel. She literally looked like an angel in this episode with the white, Beautiful. the gown, and then the. the Feathers. The, yeah, it was just like. In my experience, the chef community smokes to the edge of death. Mm. Mm. That's just my, my personal experience. All right. Uh, speaking of baked, something must be baked in the in the challenge. They, they basically, the, the, the elimination challenge, they. They gondola these people up to 13,000 feet above sea level. Am I correct on that? Uh, Fact check. 12,000, 13,000. It was something 12, And they basically get free reign to do pretty much what they want. There just must be a baked element. Why? Because baking at altitude is, a, is the ultimate chemistry brain mind bender. So it, it is much harder to bake because of altitude. This is like a pitcher. In the, in the NFL, it's like going in a Lambo in... In January. Oh, by the way, do, when they go to Denver, is there any of that altitude stuff with Denver? Mostly for kickers, it gets talked about a okay. lot. Um, you know, a little bit less so for quarterbacks, but it, gets, right. it comes into play. And, and we've all we both discussed it, like, like yes. playing George Carl's like running gun Denver stuff. And, and even this year, the Denver Nuggets home record they're like they're like the '96 Bulls right. at home. Really? Yeah. And then on the road, they're like the 2008 Bobcats. Yeah, this funny thing happens with the Nuggets. Where first of all, it, it's kind of confluence of events. For whatever reason, just the travel works out. A lot of teams 
finish a road stand kind of, or a West mm. Coast swing like with a back to back and like Denver being the second like LA to Denver where they like they they lose an hour and they're dealing with the altitude. Yeah. Well, you and I both. Who which coach did we talk to? Someone said like. They were actually going to fly into Denver Day of, or Doc Rivers, I think I'd yeah. spoken to once. Yeah. It's like, if, if we could do it, if it won't get fined, we would just... The, playing in Denver, the altitude is so challenging, playing basketball, if you've been at sea level. And by a, league rule, you're not allowed to fly in Day right. of of games in case there is a mishap and you don't make it a game. Right, huh. exactly. So Denver, Colorado presents real competitive challenges in athletics and in cooking. Um, all right, so that's the, that's the thing. And so, like, this... I, this was a really fun challenge. Can we talk about mm-hmm. uh, Aussie men in black guy? Oh, yeah, please. Oh, my God. So, since you can't see at home, Kevin takes copious notes that are like, hey, you, listeners should know this, how detailed he's passing me in my wine, the the just quality, the fact-checking. Um, all of my jokes, or my notes are jokes about Polly Brent. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing. I have nothing. Or just, just, Drum roll, please. I, I'm not making fun of him. I love him. To be clear, also oh, I, I we need more of him. I've been to his restaurants. I, I real I was like, why is it so familiar? And I remembered. Um, tell, tell us about this. So I, uh, I might be saying this wrong, but Cortone in New York. Okay, I think it's closed. I used to live in New York City, and then he opened the Elm, which was in Williamsburg, in the hotel of like three blocks from where I used to live in New York. Uh, he's tremendous. He's an international. Chef. I mean, just restaurants all over the world. I had never seen or more importantly heard from him and I never want to hear from anyone else for the rest of my life. Yes. I want to pay him, commission a voicemail recording from Paul Lieber. Like I love, it's like that kind of last voice you hear before you die. Like, like yeah. just so creepy. Um, I was so enchanted by the image of him and Wiley Dufresne sitting next to each other. Yes. They're kind of like weird, like, it was like, what Symmetry. show are we watching here? Is yes. this a cooking show? Is this a, a, a Project Runway show? Like, what what show are we watching? It was like a mix of Men in Black and Elton and there was John. Like a, yes. like a dash of the 92nd Street Y. Yeah. Yes, like, right, who right? are like, these people? They look yes. like brothers who don't talk to each other. Right? Because they <laughs> live it. very different lives. Like, that was kind of the vibe. But they have enough thread of, like, you yes. kind of look alike. Like, like you've the got... same hair, kind of. Um, I, I love him. Paul Lebrand, if you listen to the podcast, I know you do. Hit me up. I need that voicemail. Um, yeah, I was enchanted. So what did you think about when he came in? So they were, they had the opportunity to test the baking. Right. What did you think about that whole, that? It was, it was so funny because I felt like they had a very like, shut up mom, I get it. Like, I know I have to leave it in extra long. Like it was like every time they made a suggestion, the the smirks on the chefs like, yep, I understand. That's why I'm going to do this and then do that. And they kept reiterating the same instruction. Like, are you sure you're going to do that? (laughs) But it did introduce one of the interesting subplots. So Carrie was all giddy about the idea of doing a beef Wellington, and which requires just a, a great deal of finesse to make that dough. Mm. And she ultimately concluded after kind of the walkthrough that, you know what, why am I even going to try to fuck with this? Why am I going to make Wally Dufresne like beef well? What, what, who needs that aggravation? And I thought that was going to be the kiss of death. She's exactly what I thought. Like, it, in fact, the edit was yes. sort of like, oh, she's going to do the beatballing to me. She's going to fuck it up and she's going to go home. Sneaky. However, the twist was is she decided... No, I'm not going to do Beef Wellington. I have to have my head examined. She's going to play it safe, do a little cornbread, which you kind of gather. And again, I have not baked in my life. Like I cook, but I do not bake. 
that cornbread is sort of a, in terms of degree of difficulty, a slightly easier thing to do than, say, the profiteroles that, yep. that Joe Sasto is going to do. And well, if you get a dry cornbread, it is not good. Like, yeah. if you dry go to Boston is, Market yeah. when you're stoned and it's like the yeah, dry cornbread, you're like chewing good. on it for like six hours and you're like, ah, this used to be so good. I'm, Why is it off? I'm a southerner. I'm not a huge cornbread fan. Whoa. Whoa. Have you had like a really good? I've had really good cornbread. I think really good cornbread. Not there's a butter ceiling. on it. Like, no, there's just a ceiling. Like, like really good cornbread is still outside. cornbread. It's still cornbread. It's a vehicle, though. Like I, f- I feel like cornbread is best dipped into gravy when you just put everything Ooh. on it, right. and it's kind All of. Right. Would you? When in earth would you ever have cornbread if you could have a biscuit? Okay, that's that's all right. But a dinner roll is on the way. Cornbread box. is because someone was too lazy to make biscuits. But it has that sweet corn. No, flavor I love cornbread. It goes nicely with like, the savory I of know. a mashed potato I and a. I know there's good cornbread out there. I'm I'm sorry. There's good cornbread out there. I don't you know we have to make it a little bacon grease. See, I don't want my cornbread too sweet. I want like I want bacon grease. Oh no, man! If I get my fried chicken and I just want something a little sweet to finish it off, give me some cornbread. Yeah. So we had two cornbread contestants. Uh, we had Chris. Who was who did a Shocking. crispy black pepper quail corn pudding, some butternut squash element, and then maple bacon cornbread, um, and then Carrie ultimately goes against that uh, beef Wellington and does the wagyu ribeye, spring vegetables, and cornbread. Kind of separate components, a really pretty plate, mm. um, pretty safe, but you know stuff that she can execute. Uh, we have Joe Sasto, who's like, I mean, who kind of throws some shade at the safe. Uh, you know, sort of uh, those those who took safety goes with the savory profiteroles with foie kombucha cherry jam. Oh, go, Joe Sasso. So Love that you did that. Um, ro- and he's going to do a roasted duck with uh, with I think spring peas, and that was him. Joe Flam's going with braised pork with biscuits and a pea puree, um, kind of a goat cheese biscuit. It ends up being more of a crumble. And then Adrian, bless her heart. Can I talk about Adrian again? Yeah. I go love ahead. I love go. earnest people. Here's six minutes. I love earnest people. And I love that Adrian has an arc. I love that she couldn't season for shit at the beginning of the season. She has her little journal. She makes notes. She improves. She works on her game. Like in the summer with Tim Gergerich or some shit. Who, who is she in the NBA? Who's Adrian? She's a, the big Ooh. fundamental. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays. Your favorite butcher turned podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then, it's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. ButcherBox takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal, 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. We already said but it. No, 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 she's like, she wasn't like a number one driver. She's like someone who worked on her yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it Shane? She's like the, she's the no stat all star. She's yeah. the no stat all star. Yeah. Although he's is he a great technical player? I mean, he's got the, the he's got pretty much the the actual game down. It's just he's never going to be able to dunk. I'm trying to think because I mean, she she has, she has some wonderful technique. Like she is a like there's a lot of like it's got to be someone with like a really good good footwork. Steve Nash. No, because Nash is more of a guerrilla warrior. Like he's just going in there and probing. Like she is refined. Thought her dish looked delicious, oh, by the way, so, and and the only one I thought that really integrated the bake component, because everything exactly. else it felt kind of random, like um, just lamb. a sidecar. Lamb's yeah. was ridiculous, by the way. Can we talk about? He literally just sprinkled bread on it, and like, which is a thing I do. <laughs> Coach, I, it was more a crumble than a biscuit. Yes, I, I mean it was just like so random, and and I felt like she actually, I think she, she drew the most praise. Also. So she did a butter poached lobster tail. Uh, did. She did kind of a mountain. She called it mountain dough or, or mountain Hala. bread. It was essentially a challah yeah. uh, hybrid. Did vinegar pearls uh, mm. and then kind of did the this kind of champagne caviar with the lobster. I thought she nailed that dish. She is it was visually wonderful. and it looked like so. It wasn't just something that looked beautiful for Instagram. It actually looked like it was delicious. Right. So I mean, so I think one of the themes here is, and this happens, I think, late in a lot of seasons, which is that there 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 becomes the the technical chefs and the earthy rustic self-made kind of homey chefs yes mm-hmm. they, they kind of go in different directions and we basically are at a point now where we have we have two really pure technical chefs in joe sasto and adrian we have two homey chefs in carrie and in uh, chris. chef chris yeah uh, flam is sort of interesting he clearly has technique um doesn't always it's not the, the it's not the leg of the stool he really rests on though right like i mean he's I mean, you know, it's he's a Chicago a, Italian restaurant chef. He had pork on the quick fire, right? Yes. Yeah. And then he went with pork again on yes, the. Yes. I was surprised by that. I thought that you know, if you didn't go well with the pork initially, um, one was a braise. I mean, I think a braise and sort of yeah is a different story. But but so it was interesting because ultimately um, the dishes came out and and the two the three on the top were the were, were, were the two technical chefs plus Joe Flam, who is a technical chef. I mean, right. uh, and then on the bottom were the homie. Chefs who did great plate favor profiles and they were well executed, but the complaint was is that they just weren't either well integrated yeah. or they or or as I think as 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 Gail Simmons, my 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 spirit animal, said, you know, the more delicate pieces got lost on Chris's dish, hmm. and it's just those technical things that that separate the wheat from the chaff in this part of the season. I would have thought the technical chefs sort of prevailed because of the nature of the challenge of being mm-hmm. somewhat scientific but I don't that's not why they actually prevailed I think in this case they nobody it wasn't that the uh, bottom two didn't execute both of their bread I think was fine do we think that the fact that they both did cornbread was sort of I think that frowned hurt, upon hurt them. By... I think it was more yeah. the integration and the fact that right. just they didn't have creative restauranty dishes and when they were in the bottom two I think collectively there was a consensus in the room that Carrie was going home it right, sure you. Like I it. was certain. I mean, Mina called it early, and um, I, I totally got it. And then the edit suggested it too. Yeah, but 
But Tom, dun, dun, dun. Tom, they totally pulled the rug out. So I think he saved her, by the way, because I don't know if you noticed during the judging, he was defending her the most. One thing I've noticed over my many Who seasons, was her? Tom, he oh. was, if you go back and look, he was like, I love this dish. He had no criticisms for it. For, for Chris's dish? Carrie. Carrie's dish. Okay. And one thing I, I've known from watching this show a lot is if Tom rides hard for a chef, mm. he, she is not going home. Mm. You know, we should look at that. We should ask Lynn about... Oh, Lynn. Uh, Lynn, Lynn from, you know Lynn? Are the, no. Have you been to topchefstats.com? No. Okay. Oh, Mina. Lynn a, has this website called topchefstats.com, and it is the baseball football Lynn, reference she of... Is, Lynn is in <gasps> Phoenix. Look at this. Oh, oh. Wow. She charts him who says, I'm not here to make friends. Look at this. She even has the codes. Or, I'm sorry. Right now, if listeners who are yeah, just like, sorry. what the hell are they <laughs> doing? Looking at top chef, it's not blank. It's fantastic. Um, it is, 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 again, we're going to pimp this every single episode. That's so great. Top chef stats. So, is the, is, so I, think, I think what Mina is suggesting Lynn. is a Tom Colicchio bias. Is like if Colicchio rides hard for someone, they're getting pushed through. I think he has the most influence and power. He also, you know, it's funny. He will throw this, I don't know if it's faux populism, but like, a little too chefy, he'll say at times. Like yeah. he didn't care. Like some of the other chefs didn't feel like, you know, that, that basically Carrie put three well-executed components on a plate that have no relational. But don't fuck up a nacho, right? Um, but yeah. whereas he was like, hey, they were all well-executed. I don't care. I'm happy to eat the cornbread on the side. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't care that they're not integrated. They and just, he didn't like uh, Adrian's dish. Yeah, he thought it was boring. Yeah, he thought it was boring, and he did, and that. I mean, I thought Adrian's dish was going to be like the the big big winner. I yeah. feel like a protector and, for Adrian. Adrian reminds me when I was a young, uh, not yet aware that I was gay. Like all, she reminds me of every crush I had on a girl, like in high school. Like the the crush that I didn't realize was not sexual in interest, but just like, like. sort of. Earnest, a little unfriendly exactly, looking. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> These are all the girls I had Specific, crushes on before I realized I was gay. Exactly. <laughs> this, these, those were all my crushes. Adrian is the manifestation of every gay crush I had. Kind of the way Gail Simmons is in my adult gay crush, even though I'm fully aware of what I am. She and Tom both have very big gay followings, I've heard. Tom Clickia? Uh, yeah. Did you not know that? He has a big gay following? Oh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> who produced these people? What are you talking about? I, they, Cite they, them. People I have known, met, and been friends with in my life, they love him. So the gay men you know, like, yes, love Tom Colicchio? Love Tom Is it like Colicchio. the virile bald thing? He, he, I'm all for virile bald. He's like a light bear. Not like a full bear, but if you're kind of he's like... A cub? No, comes from a young that's, bears. I know. I think that's season that, fifteen. I think Cub is actually a technical. It's a, no, I, I, it is a technical. I, I, I grew up in the nineties. You know, as a young gay man, I know all these terms. But like, that's interesting. Like, I just don't think of Tom as sort of like gay catnip or anything. I mean, he's just Get not. At us, y'all listeners. I, seriously, yes, all yes, all all the the large constituency of of gay male listeners who are really into Tom Colicchio, just just let us know. I actually kind of. I mean, this might be. I actually thought he might have been gay in the first like two Calicchio? episodes. Yeah, nah. I don't know. I just had a first yeah, first or second season. But dude, uh, you went to Wake Forest. What the fuck do you know about Gator and stuff? Uh, God. Sure, that's a, that's a fair criticism. He throws off a vibe. You, you can interpret that vibe. It is anyway. no, no. I, and I get. I, I know the full constellation of 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 gay attraction. I'm, I'm well. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Two of my closest friends at Wake Forest are gay. Kevin. <laughs> And in fact, I almost put you together what? with one like seven years ago. Which one? Lee. Lee Tucker. Did I ever meet him? Yeah. 
Lee Lee's very much open. I'm very guys. happily attached. Yeah, I know. I was just saying, this like when in like 2010 when we. Oh, I was a disaster. You would. You'd never. <laughs> set, why would you ever set up a good friend of yours up with me? Like that would have been. Um, Chris Chris did this thing. Chris uh, uh, Chris Tom Calicchio a big gay icon to eater. ride on a bear float in the L.A. Pride Parade says Eater. There you go. Dated what? What dated when? That, July 2010. 12th, July 12th. This is only a few days after the decision. A bear float. This is a week after the decision. Yeah, yeah. A bear float. He's not really a... He's bear adjacent, you're right. Um, so, all right, where, where were Chris, we? Chris where said, did we go Chris there? said at one point, uh, when he was at... Right before he got eliminated, he said, um, this might have been the best dish I've put out all season long. Mm-hmm. And you know when they do this in the editing where you don't see him on camera saying it, but they dub it over as they're like ADR. cutting to a different scene? ADR. What, do you, what does that stand for? Audio dialogue replacement. Audio dialogue replacement. I felt like that was an audio dialogue maybe replacement. Maybe I think I have that acronym right. The film it, he said, this might have been the best dish I put out all season long. And I was like, really? I don't think I didn't One think he felt that strong about so, that dish. I mean, let's let, maybe so he did. Maybe he did. Chris goes home, and I and which by the way, I mean, let's just kind of let's do our obit for Chris, who I'm so really fond of. Love him. Um, I don't know that he's always self aware in the kitchen of like like I mean, I think the, the ravioli last week was sort of a harbinger of things to come. But he's a wonderful chef, a wonderful voice. I love his story. Rejected what four times from the show? Yeah. I want to miss him, and I, lo- I bet his food is so freaking good. It yeah. just looks delicious. I want it's, I it. Looks earthy. I mean, it, it it doesn't look like Joe Sasto's food though, and, right. and it does. We're in the chefy phase of the season. Yeah, we now, are. Right? In... We we've moved to chef well, land. I mean, there have been chefs in the past who are more down to earth. Um, Isaac. Isaac, Isaac got top three, right? Yeah. yeah. Top three, as I recall. Yeah. I mean, who is the... Amar. I feel like Earthy is like a euphemism, and I, but but at least chefy chef who's right. won top chef. Yeah, yeah. Who is the least chef? Who's the least chefy chef who's won? Who's won? Mm, I have the list of chefs who's, who have won open. Who's the least chefy chef? What's his name? The upset from uh, season five. Hosea? Yeah. Ugh. No, he was chef. Was he chefy? The worst. Oh my goodness! Everybody, it's, it's thinks, a common, everybody thinks I mean, that. I know he on. is the like the least talented chef to have won top chef. Is I mean, that the answer? Like, um, I'm looking at this list and it's pretty chefy. It's really chefy. It's super chefy. It chef. Where's where the chefy? Chef-y. Does that mean Carrie's next? Oh, you mean she's due? Like, is she due to, to to be bumped? I don't know, but I think uh, right now... The- Let's handicap. What's going on? All right, okay. So we have four chefs left. I mean, Here are the point totals that I have so far. Uh, Joe Sasto is at 86 points. Uh-huh. Carrie at 84. Uh-huh. Chris is out. Well, he was at 45. He was in third place. Then you have Bruce at 35. He's out. So the only people that are remaining are Adrian. And how many points Joe Flam is at... 31. And so what is Adrian at? Adrian's at 23 and Joe Flam's at 31. So is that a predictor? Do we think that if one was saying, hey, if you wanted a, the best record, who's going to win at this point, you just go with a high point? I mean, it's, it's a good question for Mina. If if I were to, if you were to pick two chefs, would you pick it from the Carrie Joe Sasto group to win it? Or yeah. would you pick from the lower tier of Joe Flam and Well, Joe Flam's kind Adrian. of an asterisk, right? Because like he didn't, he was ineligible to win points because for Because he was, he didn't do well. It's so random once you get to the top three. I mean, I, I think there's such a high degree. Unless you're or in like it? a, a Paul Kui season where it's yeah. very obvious that you know, the Golden State is going to take it all. It's pretty random at the end. 
It is. I I, I just wonder, like, so I see. I'm I'm hope like I is it going to be is it going to be so if you're somewhere here are various theories. It's the chefiest. If you think the final two are going to be the chefiest, stash going to be stash versus Adrian. If you think it's going to be top point winners that that past success is predictive of future success, it's going to be Carrie and Joe Sasto. Um, I mean, basically, we're saying Joe Sasto will be is. Which basically suggests to me that Joe Sasso is in the finals. I think I think Joe Sasso is going to win it all because so I think I. Carrie yeah. is a juggernaut when it comes to uh, quick fires, and she's got the creativity down where she comes out with a dish where but you're don't like, don't we stop quick fires at a certain point? Don't we like in yeah. the last? Final Which is why I think Sasto, when he has when he given like a couple days to prepare a dish and, and conceive, he's going to come up with something that's going to blow your face. Right, because we're we're not getting to the point where it's like 48 hours, the, the sky is the limit. Just go do your thing. Uh, and I think given the mostly, she's great in deprivation situations. In fact, you give her too broad of a canvas, and Joe can just fill that vacuum and, yeah. with all kinds of creativity. I'm very curious to see what Adrian and Adrian. You know what? Adrian's going to go out on a wonderful dish. I'm going to predict that right now. Yeah. What do you What do you guys feel about? It? Was there a moment in that episode where you thought, "Oh, they're not going to send anyone home"? Like it's too. Uh, it, these dishes are too good. If they hadn't brought back quick fire or the last chance kitchen winner that episode i would have thought that was possible because it did feel like they were setting that up but i i, I knew they would get rid of someone no there's there's always pretty present it's what i call the the the, the, the one that when when Padma goes please pack your knives and go she finds oh. apologetic about the, yeah. the sad please pack your knives and goes not the get the fuck out of here Ooh, please but the like knives. yes please pack your knives and go it's so terrible when she dropped chris i was like what yeah. should have seen it coming um what else Yo, wait, uh, Mina, before you go, yeah. uh, your favorite season. Oh, my God. Okay, like wait, who? I have, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, like, I have them all in front of me. So. Let's do your unified theories of Top Chef. I mean, come Ooh. on. Like, we yeah, let's talk Top Chef. We kind of just threw you into the episode. Let's just okay. back Why up. do you love Top Chef? Have you watched Ch- Chopped before yes. and, and gotten into that? Uh, Project Runway or Bachelor? I are you just? Are you a dork on? Yes, and Bachelor. Um, I love, I mean, this has been said many times by many people, but Top Chef is obviously the preeminent reality competition show because it actually draws the best competitors Mm. in America. And and it does feel like the most merit-based, it's more merit-based. Because as good of a person as he is, he's even a better chef. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah I mean just think I, I don't watch it to learn by the way I've never watched Top Chef before tonight on an empty stomach and everything looked fucking good <laughs> I know it was really good I, yeah. I kept saying I was like that looks you know, great I have a friend who <laughs> says I that the fuck out of that he, he, you know it's funny I have a friend who says that Top Chef is fundamentally not a good show because what? no no and this is the theory and I understand it is he's like you know, unlike Project One Way where you can actually right. see the thing you can't say like, we're all sitting here saying oh that, that dish should have won how the fuck do we know that's, that, that's that, that person's That's argument. what's great about it because no matter how refined your palate is, no matter how many restaurants you've been to, no matter where you can cook, I can't cook, it forces you to use your imagination to right. think, hmm, what does blueberry and yeah. shishito peppers taste like together? Yeah. And you do this thing in your mind and then the judges either reinforce it or challenge it and it's kind of like this active watching experience that's wonderful. I mean, it's it engages you and think in a way that other shows don't. And there's uh, a certain trustworthiness with the judges, yes. right? So like, credible. Yes. Like you, you trust that Padma yeah. just nailed the the description on that dish. Right. I mean, they're the classically trained. I mean, Gail Simmons is, is like a, is an absolute titan in the in the in the food writing community. Like, I mean, it, it, these are it is a, as you say. I mean, there's a lot of merit on this show at work. Yes. All right. Favorite seasons. Uh, so Kristen Kish is my favorite all the time. Oh, mine too. I already did the Kristen Kish. Uh, I think love letter. 
Was that the season with Heather? There was like some serious villains on that season, as I recall. Whoever came in I just know Kristen was voted off and came back through the consolation bracket and just blew faces off. It was her versus Brooke, her friend. There was this whole thing. And I mean, she just is like iconic as a human being who I want to look look like, be friends with, maybe like wear her skin like a skin suit. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Win, 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 win. Got screwed out of restaurant wars. She was thrown under the bus. Boom. Thrown under the bus. Remember that? Maybe by Heather? Some villainous. And like, thank you. Excuse me, but I'll take the season. Thank you. (laughs) So good. So great. Look at that chart. Brooke was second. Brooke was just... Sheldon was a good... That was a great... That's my favorite season. That's my favorite season. That is my answer to favorite season. I think early in the... Loved... um, Stefan. 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 Josie was kind of a villain. Oh, Joe. Yes, yes. That was... Um, who threw her? Was jo- did Josie throw her under the bus? Yeah, I think Josie so. threw her under the bus. Now that you're saying that, yeah. Jo- Josie that. had like six lows. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Um, I loved Hung's victory because the show was new. Mm-hmm. And based on my understanding of reality. Season two? Three. Three? Was after yeah. I didn't think someone like him would win. Because the way they edited him, he was not charismatic. You know, I mean, it was just like, it, it sort of redefined my idea of what a reality show could be because... I, I, I thought somebody that who is kind of I guess edited as this irritant in some ways yeah. who is technically like so skilled would not win a TV show like Top Chef and then he won and it was awesome it, I believe he is like Adrian right now where he yes. didn't win much at all uh, coming into the, the final three he basically didn't win if I remember correctly he was like very much a late bloomer on the show yeah mm. um, he opened I didn't realize he was catch an NBA favorite he runs he runs catch catch wow. and catch my yeah big celebrity hot spot here i am um, a big nba no hot spot mm. national basketball association both in los angeles or west hollywood wow. and New very York. successful yeah. uh if you're a judge on top chef do you take in consideration what they've done previously on the show Ooh, that's so do you have a long memory or a short memory at, at what point in the season Ooh. That's interesting. Because I don't in the finale. I think you your assume, your track record. Yes, you got to wipe the slate clean because they're both oh. good. Okay. I think this is why I was so shocked when Tyler was kicked off. Although it was so early, he hadn't built up that much of a record. But if you're like halfway through and somebody's been crushing it, and some weird thing happens in the challenge, and there's a misstep, yep. I, I do think you take that. Into yeah, because Joe Flam won the previous episode right. and then got. I mean, he was he was on top of the world. He was. He was asserting himself as the as the chef to beat. I got a little nervous, and it happened again. I don't know if this season it's been happening, and I'm just com- confirmation bias here, but they did a little bit of an introspective con- confessional with Chris to open the show where he's like, I've been on Top Chef five times, and I uh, feel really good about this, and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Like, See, I, I don't know. If there, uh, do we know if there's a rhyme or reason to the sort of the, t- is the testimonial a, 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 a somewhat of a tell? It can go both ways, but... If you get kicked off, usually there is a testimony, but often there's more than one, right? So you don't know which of the chefs who shared something about themselves. I think that happened with Bruce. Joe Sasto, Joe Flam, Adrian, Carey, who's winning it all? Sasto. Sasto. Yeah. I'm rooting for Flam because he's the one contestant I have left. But I think Sasto. It's just we're at that point. We're in the Sasto t- time of the season. Yes. It's, it's Sasto. It's Sash time, guys. <laughs> it's dishes, not plates, and 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 he is a guy who can assemble 
with preparation or we not please. Yeah. We're, like we're, 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 we're here. That's actually what our podcast. I know I was going to say that's a great podcast. I like packing us. Oh, where are my t-shirts? I ordered some t-shirts. Oh, Order some t-shirts. Get, uh, Tom, promote the t-shirts. Uh, bit.ly slash PYK shirt. So B-I-T dot L-Y slash P-Y-K shirt. If you want to pack your knives shirt, go to bit.ly slash PYK shirt. I want one. Uh, Mina, this is great. We have to have you back. Yes. This is fantastic. Um, and uh, we have a reservation at Shibumi right now. Yeah, let's let's go let's and go. and let let uh, Mina go do her her NBA All Star Weekend because you are an NBA analyst now. Oh, yeah, I, I dropped a lot of casual NBA references trying to fit. I know. In. I and, and by the way, we, we it was totally appreciated, and 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 we do we have our our, our Venn diagram of like who is who is who is uh, the best NFL uh, foodie. Right, like who, like who's like the Popovich Spurs and like JJ Reddicks of it's the. It's not really a thing, like it is. <laughs> <laughs> so like when they went to the Denver Broncos this season, it was like, ooh, I hope this guy's there. Yeah. Wasn't that it's like Von Miller is not a, a foodie by any stretch? No, actually, Von Miller raises free range chickens. Okay. So there you go. Like I can buy a free range chicken. Who is that person? Had, uh, fun. <laughs> I know, the joke is I know nothing about the NFL. He's Kevin Durant of. Is of, he like really good? Yeah, he's very good. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> he's on the Broncos. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired from ESPN for not knowing who these people are. It's amazing that you don't know. I have no idea. I'm an NBA guy through and through. Mina, thank you so much for joining. And um, you can find her work on ESPN.com and ESPN the magazine, but also and most importantly on TV on Around the Horn. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that was most important. That was so <laughs> Thanks, man. This is Pack Your Knives.